You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Well, I want you to do this. I want you to get your Bibles out for me, okay? We have some work to do today. I want you to go, and we're not going to start here, but I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. If you've been with us long enough, when I talk about Romans, people start twitching. Because if you weren't here, we, I think we spent almost two years in the book of Romans, um, a handful of years ago, and just went through it and just allowed kind of the word to work on us. Boy, and I, and I look back on that time, I really do. And there have been moments in our church where we have spent... Um, I think when we were going through the Gospels, we, we spent, and not that the time is like our kind of red badge of courage, but it's just the time spent allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of work layer upon layer upon layer upon layer and mature us up. I just look back at those times of going through the Gospels when we were looking at, at Jesus and the person of Jesus in that context, just the maturity in our church that just came from that and when we were going through Romans. And, and, and I, I encourage you, and I do. In fact, I beg you to do this. I beg you, books like Romans, where it's talking about kind of our doctrinal stance. Like that's, that, that, that was Paul's basically thesis to, the, to, to Rome, saying, hey, man, this is, this is what I believe. This is, this is the thing, right? And we stood on that, and we stand on that. And so I ask you, as mature believers, to go back. You don't, don't wait for me to go, okay, we're going to get back into Romans again or we're going to get back into Galatians or whatever. Those foundational pieces should be something that in our daily life we are chewing back over. We are going back and, and eating some of those steak dinners again because we need them. We can't get so far away from our foundations that we almost forget our foundations. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I've seen churches and believers where they get so far away from just the foundations of the faith and then they get over into some very weird doctrines and very strange dynamics in the church. And, and we just want to make sure our safety, our safety is found in the Bible. Our safety is found in the context of the doctrines of the Word of God. And so we have to make sure that we're not just getting into the Word to find what we need for the day, meaning like, oh, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I just need to go Google that Word, and I'll find that Word for my day. Okay, I got it. No, I need the fullness of the doctrines of Scripture. Does that make sense? That's what a mature believer looks like, and that's what we are trying to raise up in this house, and myself included it with you as well, okay? So it's good. So, but today we've got some work to do. And, and before that, I, I want to just, just reiterate the, the announcements, some of the announcements that Ryan's, not all of them. But I want to just say again, for the men, I, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited about what uh, Sonia kind of downloaded to me about the women's Bible study. You had a great time on Saturday, and that was excellent. Women, I encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, and the men, we've had a great turnout in a sense of like who signed up. Uh, the investment, I'm excited about walking that forward. And again, if you have any questions, Ryan, if you have any questions, Ryan, if you have any questions, Ryan, okay? I'm just making sure that you'll know where to go if you have what? Any questions, you go to, there you go. In fact, that's actually just a good theme throughout the whole church. If you have any questions, just go to Ryan, all right? It's, it's good. But, and I also just encourage you this. Listen, I, whether you have children or not, the fall festival, the fall whatever we're doing, whatever we're calling it, the event after church next week, right? It's next week. That's already here. It's so crazy. 
and they've been planted it and working at it. And, and there's so much stuff. I just encourage everybody to be a part of it. It's, it's not just a good time for the kids, but it's a good time for community to come together, invite family, invite friends, um, use it as an outreach to be a kind of a bridge way to kind of get people to know the people that are in this community. So I, I want you to take advantage of that, okay? Because I know when Ryan announced it earlier, it sounded like we were going to have four kids going home with like 17 punk pumpkins themselves, right? I want to make sure that we are, that we're invested in this as a community. So anyway, anyway, are you guys ready to jump into the word? Talk to me. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Did, did she just text you to tell you that you missed this announcement? Okay, we're not going to confirm or deny that, that there might be interactions from Florida. Somebody's in his ear speaking from Florida, downloading to him something he missed. It is good to be married. It is so good to be married. She, okay, okay. So what was it? If you signed up to be a volunteer that Christina will reach out to you this week and just touch base with you. So if you haven't heard anything, not to be alarmed, she'll, she'll keep you posted. That's perfect. And we can, again, we cannot confirm or deny whether or not that that was downloaded from the shores of Florida, right? She told, oh no, we're getting texted again. If we see Ryan leave in a hurry and just, so we, we know, it's all right. We're, it's, listen, marriages are a work in progress. Constantly working, man. Constantly working, right? Constantly working. It's, it's good. You guys don't realize, Sonia texts me throughout the entire service all the time, but she just says things like, you're doing amazing. You're awesome. You are so good. Oh, this is amazing. This is the deepest word, right? You know, maybe try that. Maybe just try that. Why don't we just try that today? It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, let's do this. Come on now. You guys are all off base and crazy. And but let's do this. Let's pray before we jump into this. Let's pray before we jump into this. <laughs> oh, it's good to be around family. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit. And Father, we are not inviting him into this place. We are recognizing that he is here. And so, Father, we know that you sent your Holy Spirit to do this, to do, to enlighten the word, to point us back to all that your son taught. Father, I pray that our ears are open today, that our hearts are actually receptive to you doing some work in our hearts. Father, my, I, specifically, I, I pray that our knees are weak today, that we would not push back, that if you require us to repent, that we would do so. Father, be honored by us gathering over your word to work in us. We thank you for it. We already thank you in advance for the outcome. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I, I want to do, you know, I, I, I was going <laughs> to, I was going to just title this message today. Like if I was going to title this message, I was, I was honestly just thinking, just title this message, you just need to get saved. Like I was just going to title the message, you just need to get saved, and then just say that and walk out. Because that's kind of what we're talking about today. But we're gonna, but I'm gonna soften it up and I'm gonna bring it back a little bit. And we're gonna just deal with something because I, I wanna make sure there are times in, in, in us as a church and, and as believers, sometimes we have to examine ourselves. You know it's it's okay to examine where you're at, where you are truly at with God in your walk. 
In fact, I, I want you to see this. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says this. Examine yourselves. Now, this was Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And then he says, do, not, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. That... Those are pretty strong words. We don't like those words in church. We're like, listen, man, I'm in the building. Didn't I pass the test? Uh, uh, I wish that was the case. It'd make it so much easier, right? In a sense of like, I can just show up. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to follow anybody. I don't have to walk in lordship. I don't have to deny self and follow him. I can just show up in the building. And yet, here Paul writes that we are to examine ourselves and to test, to see, test our faith. Are we in Christ? And if we find ourselves that we are, man, good. But if we're not and we fail the test, then what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And so I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, and I want to use this day as a day where we kind of examine where we are, and I want to use these examples. I want to use some examples uh, or this analogy to kind of paint this picture of dealing with the type of children that make it into the house of God or make it into the church, okay? So I'm going to need a, a couple of volunteers if I would. Andrew, can I borrow you for a second, buddy? Andrew, come here. And, and Ryan, would you come here for a second? And Jeremy, now that you've pinched your child, what are you doing, man? Sit down. Goodness gracious. I'm going to borrow these three guys. We're going to talk about you can face them. You don't have to look at me. But I want to talk about there are three different types of kind of children that make it into our homes. How many of you have kids? How many of you were ever a kid? Okay, good. So I'm speaking to everybody in the house, right? So I'm speaking to everybody in the house. And so there are three different types of kids that we kind of experience that kind of come through our house. And I want to examine ourselves to see which one we are. Okay, so the, the, the first one that we have, and I'm going to just use Ryan, the first one that we have is, is our child right? We have our kids, the kids that, that, that came from us, they are us, right? They live in the house, they know the patterns of the house, they, they know the rules of the house, they are our children, right? And then, the, then on top of that, we, we have this type of child right here, right? The kind of kid that you just look at and you go, that ain't my kid. <laughs> that, that ain't my kid. Don't we all know those kids, right? How many, no, 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 let's not be, oh, you just so holier than thou people. You ever been out like at Walmart? Sorry. Uh, but have you ever been out at Walmart and there's just some crazy child and you, and you can hear me, you're like, that ain't my kid. That ain't my, and you just start thinking like, my kid would never be like that. My kid would never act like, right, like that. That's this kid, right? That's this one. We've got the kid that knows our ways and the kid that he just, he ain't ours. And it's obvious, right? It's obvious, right? And then what we have is, then what we have is that we call the familiar kids, the kids that get to spend the night, right? Do you guys remember those kids when you were a child that your parents allowed to spend the night? 
your parents don't allow this kid to spend the night, right? Do they? Seriously, you come home and you're like, listen, hey, Jeremy wants to spend the night. Nope, not my, not my house. Not spending the night in my house. Why? Why aren't you letting Jeremy spend the night? Because he's insane, right? And everywhere he goes, there's destruction. There will be a 911 call by 2 o'clock in the morning. We all knew those kids. In fact, most of you were those kids. The reason right now that you're sitting there going, I never got to spend the night at anybody's house. You're this kid. You're not this kid. You're not this kid. You're this kid. I never got invited over. This is why. But then there's this kid that gets invited over to the house, right? There's this kid that gets invited into the home. Why? Because we've noticed that when he gets around, he's familiar with our rules, he's familiar with our ways, he doesn't rock the boat, and he works out, he works out okay, hanging out with our children, and this works, right? This works. And so we allow this. How many of you had those children at home where you're like, yeah, he can spend the night? Come on, raise your hand so I can see you. All right. Are we still doing that now? Are we still spending the night at houses right now? Is that a, I'm not even talking a COVID thing. It, like when I grew up, like I spent half of the year at somebody else's home. Like half of the, and I think my parents were just like, go, get out, right? I mean, literally, and I think at some points, like I was spending the night at other houses and there were kids spending the night in my house and I wasn't there because parents were just like, get out, go. It's a new day, so I know we're not kind of doing that. But this kid gets invited over. This kid got invited over by the kid, by our child, and he's asked to come in. And so he's the kid that gets to spend the night and do the rules because he knows that he's not going to. 911 is not getting called at 2 in the morning with this kid over. This kid, he is. This kid, not so much. We're going to get through the night. Okay, so now that I've kind of shown you that, you guys can sit down. I don't want to keep you up here all the time. But I'm just going to use those three guys. I want to use those three guys to see if we can examine ourselves to see where we are in Christ and then be honest. Now, if we pass the test, great. But if we don't pass the test, then what are we going to do? Well, we need to get saved. Oh, I mean, I don't want to give away the punchline, but if we don't pass the test and find ourselves in Christ, then the response to that is I, I should get saved. I should get saved. Right? We don't say that enough in church anymore. We need to be saved. Right? So let's look at this. Let's just deal with the first two guys, right? We're going to deal with Ryan and we're going to deal with Jeremy, right? We're going to deal with my kid and we're going to deal with, that ain't my kid. That's what we're going to deal with today, okay? So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 5. I want you to see this. Because these two children are obvious in the house. These two children are obvious in the house. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5, says this. Those who live according to the fl flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. That's Jeremy, right? That's the kid that, that ain't my kid. His desires don't line up with the house. His desires and his want-tos don't line up with what the rules of are in the house. And it's obvious. Now, I know we don't like saying that because we say, oh, we shouldn't judge people. Let's, can, I, let me, can I just talk about judgment just for one second? 
I know we get into that whole thing of, oh, don't you judge me. Don't you dare judge me. Most of the time when people say don't judge me, it's that they don't want to be held to the standard, not my standard, but the standard that Christ sets for them. That's just the reality. Every time in my own life when I've said or had an attitude of don't judge me, it's most of the time it's because I don't want to be held to the standard of the one I follow after. That's just the reality of it. And yes, there is no condemnation in Christ. That is accurate. But there is judgment. And I can tell you this because the Holy Spirit judges my actions all the time. The Holy Spirit judges what is life and what is death, and he points me to life. So there's judgment all the time. There's not condemnation, but there is judgment. Chris, that is a way of death. Man, I'm sorry. I repent. I forgive. And we go on. That happens all the time. That's how mature believers become mature. And so we've got this, and I want you to keep going here. It says in verse 5, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now, that's Ryan. That's the one that is in the house. That is the one that is in the ways. He, he is led by the rules. He is led by the leader of the home. The leader of the home has set the rudder of the home. And Ryan is saying, I'm in this house. I am found because I look at my life like 2 Corinthians says, and I test myself. I can look at my life and go, yes, I am. My actions line up with what the Spirit is leading. You follow me on this? So these two right here are obvious. I love this, and it keeps going in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. That's Jeremy, right? It's it's Jeremy's birthday. Was it yesterday? Today? Happy birthday, man, right? Not my kid, right? Not my kid. But Jeremy, who's obviously led by by the spirit of flesh, everything that's produced in his life is death. Happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) How to Build a Church by Pastor Chris Taylor, right? But everything he does, it's death. It's obvious. Listen listen to me. Hey, haven't you, when you just, like like there are times where you just look at somebody's life and you could just tell, like it's not that just drama's around them. You can tell what they're being led by because everything that they're being led to is death. That's not judgment. That's just having eyes. Did you hear what I just said? Some people are like, oh, you shouldn't judge that. I don't have to judge. I just opened my eyes. And everywhere they're walking is death. Everything that they touch and they produce is death. So something has to be leading them away from life and unto death. That's not judgment. That's just seeing. And so I can see. I can make a choice Jeremy ain't spending the night with me. Why? Because you're mean? No, because I can tell you right now, he's going to steal our cutlery, right? I can just tell, that's not a judgment. The kid's running a Craigslist ad on the weekend with all the stolen things. I can just see it. That's not judgment. I just see it, okay? And I want you to keep going here. But the mind, this is still verse 6, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Have you ever just seen somebody, you're just kind of in your dailies, and you're just interacting with somebody, and it almost just stands out, you're like, they, they have to be a believer. They have to be a believer. Have you ever just watched somebody talk, and you're like, they have to be a believer. Like, you would be almost shocked to find out if they weren't. You would just be shocked, because everything, and, and not because they're saying just 
Christian-y stuff, and they're wearing a shirt, and they've got a mug that says, you know, Jesus loves me. Not that just, but just about them, what they're talking about, everything, how they interact with other people, how they speak, how they carry themselves. You're like, man, and I'm not just talking about finding some moral person and go, yep, every moral person's a believer. That ain't true. But you can just tell. You can just tell, you're like, man, I, 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 my spirit resonates with what's going on there, and I, I would be shocked if they weren't a believer. Man, I want to be a child, like the child that's in the house, the child that's in the house that's doing the things of the house, those around you should not be shocked. They should look at you and go, wait a second, aren't you, aren't you Chris's kid? You, you know what's funny is when, 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 a, when Kai, if Kai goes to somebody else's house and he spends the night and he gets out the vacuum uh, before he goes to bed and begins to vacuum and makes his bed and he's already done a load of dishes and a load of towels, you know what they look at him and say, you must be Chris's kid, right? You must be Chris's kid. Oh, that's right. Because he's doing patterns that represent the house that he came from. You follow me on this? So now it says this in verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, uh, law, uh, to God's law, nor can it do so. But then verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Guys, it's, it's obvious. And let me just be completely clear on this. Maybe the problem in your life is not everybody else. Maybe the problem in your life right now that you're experiencing, maybe all, it is, everything seems to lead to death. Everything seems to lead to a problem. Everything that I get in my, everywhere I find myself is bad and not leading to life. Maybe the problem is not church attendance. Maybe you just need to get saved. Maybe you just need to get saved. But we have to examine ourselves to go, wait a second, I, I, I'm in the house, that doesn't get you there, but when I examine myself and I just look, every pattern of my life, with my marriage, with my family, with my finances, with my, with my job, everywhere I do, everything I do, and I can blame it, oh, I'm a victim of this and I'm a victim of that, maybe the real root problem is, maybe you're just not saved and you need to get saved. And, and I know you say, oh, Pastor Chris, those are harsh words. Are they? You're the same parent that wouldn't let Jeremy spend the night because it was obvious to you that there was a problem there. And if you were given the opportunity to speak life into Jeremy and you knew he would sit down and listen to you, wouldn't you do that? So why wouldn't we talk about this in church? Why wouldn't we do as Paul said, I have to examine myself and to see whether or not my life, when I look at my life, do I see patterns of the Spirit? Meaning, do I look like if I go somewhere, people are going to look at me and go, yeah, that's, that's his kid. Or are they going to look at me and go, he ain't spending the night. See, it's obvious there. Those two, those two types of kids that make it in the house are obvious. And so I, I ask us to examine ourselves. Now, here's the good news when it comes to being a child of God. We already know the pattern of, uh, of Jeremy, the pattern of death, the pattern of, of destruction, the pattern of evil. Happy birthday, Jeremy. We know his pattern, we know his ways, and the response to that is not more church attendance. The response to that is not signing up for the men's Bible study. The response to that is, I need to repent and be saved. That's the response to that. 
Now, the good news is, is when we talk about uh, the, the, the child of God, I love this. If you go down to, to, to verse 14 in that same passage, it says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Like, isn't that good news? Like, isn't it good news when I examine myself, like I look at my life and go, I am a child of God. Meaning when I look at myself and I examine, I see fruit of the Spirit. I see a life governed by the Spirit. That doesn't mean perfection. A life governed by the Spirit just simply means this. Even if I stumble, I'm aware of the Spirit that would convict me, and then I repent and continue to walk. That's life led by the Spirit. Are you following me on this? And so then it says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, and the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you are living fear again. Rather, I love this, and I need you to see this. The Spirit you receive brought about what? Our what? Adoption. We were adopted, meaning this, right? Meaning... Andrew, the kid that I let in, if Andrew is the child, or no, I'm sorry, if Ryan is the child, he used to have another family. He used to live in another household. There used to be different ways. They used to fold the towels differently. There used to be a different chore list. But now he was adopted in to the new family of God, right? And so now the patterns of the old family, they don't matter anymore because now he's taken on the patterns of the new house. He's taken on the patterns of life. And so now, even though he came from a different family, people don't look at him. In fact, they're actually confused because when they see him operating in a new pattern, they go, wait a second, aren't you, weren't you a pattern of that or weren't you a kid of that family? But you're acting like this one. Thus is the good news. I once was lost but now I'm found. Like that's the good news. So, so we see that, so we see that as a child of God, when I, when I take stock of myself, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians, and I go, man, let me examine myself. Well, if I find myself in that and go, man, I see myself in this, then I can be encouraged that I've been adopted. I'm not trying to be adopted. I'm not trying to work for adoption. I have been adopted. Somebody came and chose me prior to me even knowing them. And they said, okay, I want you in my family. And so God takes Ryan and says, I'm going to make you my own. I'm going to give you a new way. And that, because we are children of God, and because we see ourselves in that, I love this in verse 17. It says this, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Like that's good news. Like so today, the, the, here's the thing, you might think, oh, this is a heavy message, and, and it's not fair that you pick on, on Jeremy and, and his evil ways and his evil desires. No, I'm not picking on anybody. The end result of all of this me saying should be good news, because the result for Jeremy, if he realizes I'm in the way of death, I'm not his kid, I'm not, the good news is he can be. So that's good news. The other good news is if I find myself being Ryan and I find myself being his kid, then it's also good news because I'm encouraged and I can walk out of here going, wait a second, I am not somebody that's just out in the back and he's just keeping me around. I am an heir with Christ. Like that's good news. And I've got to walk like that, think like that, act like that, not act like, like I just come into his presence and he doesn't love me. No, he adopted me. I'm an heir with Christ. 
So my reward is not on this earth. My reward is him and in heaven and it's eternal. That's good news, guys. That's good news. I love this. Now, now I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Go to 1 John. Go to 1 John chapter 3, and this is just going to be in verse 1 and 10. I want you to just see this. See what a great love. This is for the people that have examined their lives, and they see them as a child. It says this in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. Verse 10. You jump down there. This is how we know who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. Again, it's that, it's that complete obviousness. I, I love that we've kind of made this gray area, and yet the Bible over and over again says there is a complete distinction between the kid I'm going to let spend the night and the kid that, that, that is mine. The kid that ain't never going to come into my house, never going to stay overnight. There is a complete distinction between them. And if we examine ourselves, there is good news on the back end of both of those things. I'm either an heir or can become an heir. Like, that's good news. Now, now, are you still with me on this? Is this helping anybody? Okay, good. Four people, that's good. We're still doing a good work. Now, I want you to go to John chapter 6. Because I want to deal, and I want to land on this, I want to land on this last one, the one that I'm most concerned I'm not, you, let me just be completely honest with you as your pastor. The people that I am not overly concerned about, and, and, and you, you'll understand what I mean by this statement, are those that examine themselves and find themselves in Christ, meaning they are running with Christ. I want to come alongside of you, and I want to be there with you and, and help you mature up. That's my job. But I'm also not so concerned with the ones that are, that are just, that ain't my kid. And here's the reason why. You say, well, that's not very polite. No, because that's obvious. What I mean by this is this, is eventually I know Jeremy's going to come to the end of himself. I know eventually that pattern will either, is going to lead to a place of choice. Like, this ain't working. And so my concern is not that he comes, and I, because I know eventually if you just keep running like this, you're going to keep running into walls, keep blowing things up, and eventually you're going to have to go, what is going on? And then the gospel will be there. This one's already got the gospel. This one's already got the air. The one that I'm most concerned about and the one I want us to examine ourselves about is Andrew, this shifty little dude right here, right? See, everybody thought, oh, Ryan's the child of God, and, and obviously we've got the devil and Jeremy, right? It was so obvious. It was like, oh, those are the two ones we got to worry about. The one that we most concern ourselves with and the one that we don't, the one that we really need to make sure that we are not that is that guy, Andrew. Look at those eyes. Stand up real quick. Look at them. Look at them. Look out. Turn around. Turn around. Look how sweet he looks. Innocent. Just innocent. You can, you know what, Andrew? You can spend the night. Come on over, man. You know what? I'm going to invite you over. You can come and hang out. No, I didn't tell you to sit, sit down. No, keep standing. Did you watch that? Did you watch what just happened? I said, Andrew, don't sit down. You know what he didn't do? He didn't sit down. You know why? Because the guy that's at the house said, hey, don't do this. And so he conformed to that. So, so this is the kid that we want spending the night at the house, right? We don't want the kid when I go stand up and he just sits there. 
right? If I told Jeremy to stand up right now, he would just look at me and be like, look at him, look at him shaking his head. No, no, and he needs to get saved, right? I asked Andrew to stand up, Andrew stood up. Andrew was gonna sit down because he kind of wanted to, and I said, Andrew, keep standing up. And he said, okay, I'm gonna keep standing up. This is the kid that were like, yep, come on over. We got chores to do, right? Do you ever get invited? You can sit down now. You ever get invited to somebody's house and got tricked because they had chores to do and that's why you got invited over to spend the night? Yeah, that's the devil, right? There should be a law against that. By the way, that's my house. <laughs> that's, ask the cousins. Ask the cousins how many times that they've come over and been like, it's a cleaning day. And then my kids are like, it's always a cleaning day. Right? But this is the guy that I'm concerned about. This is the one that I think that is, is, runs the risk that if we find ourselves in his shoes, it's terrifying. And I want you to look at the story in, in John chapter 6. Come on, we know this story. And I'm, it's such a long passage. It's 28 through 68. And I'm going to read it word by word in a very staccato manner. I'm not. <laughs> But we know this passage. In fact, I've taught out of this passage before. We know what's gone down right before John chapter 6. We've seen the, the feeding uh, of the 5,000. The, all of these people have gathered and been fed. There are miracles that have been done. The disciples are there. All these people are gathered around Jesus. Even teachers of the law are there. They're eating up. They're like fish and bread. Yay! Right? Like it's a good day. It's a big, it's like a big camp meeting, right? Everybody's just gathered around. But then something goes down. Something happens, and all of a sudden, I, I begin to see the pattern of the kid who we allowed to spend the night. The kid that's in the home, he's going along with what's going on in the home. He's not rocking the boat. He's doing the rules of the house. He's around and partaking of what we're doing as a family. But something begins to happen along the sleepover. And in verse 28, it says this. It says, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? All of a sudden, the kid who's not my kid, all of a sudden, he, he's starting to ask, so, so, so what really, what time is bedtime? What, what time do we have to go to bed tonight? And I look at him and I go, well, it's, it's 10 o'clock. Okay, okay. And Jesus answered, verse 29, Jesus answered, the, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And then Jesus says to him in, in verse 32, and Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then I love this in verse 34. Sir, they said, always give this bread, right? And that, that's Andrew. I'm giving him a rule. He asked me a rule. I tell him the rule. And he's like, yeah, 10 o'clock. That's fine. I want that. That'll be, that sounds great until it doesn't sound great. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. And then something happens with the kid that was allowed to spend the night. All of a sudden, the rules shift. Because he said, bedtime is 10 o'clock. But then all of a sudden, he shifts the rule, and he says, but tonight, bedtime is 9. Bedtime is 9. You, you've had 10 o'clock, and that's what we normally do. But there's a new rule in place, and the new rule is bedtime tonight is 9 o'clock. 
Are you following me on this so far? Are you with me? So bedtime tonight is 9 o'clock. The kid that has not stirred the pot is now gone, 10 o'clock, yeah, give me that. And now all of a sudden, Jesus changes the rule. Yeah, we want that bread because, wait a second, but the bread is, the bread is me. I'm the living bread. I'm the bread that's come to you. In fact, he's going to go on to say that you're going to have to eat of me and drink of my blood. You're going to have to be a part of me to, to receive this. But something happens with this kid. If you jump down to verse 41, at this, the Jews were, that were there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not just Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? All of a sudden, the kid that was going along with everything that was about it, the kid that was invited, he wasn't stirring the pot, all of a sudden he was happy with 10 o'clock, and now all of a sudden the guy that's in charge of the house says, there's a new bedtime, and for you it's nine. Now all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, who is this guy? Who is this dude? We've had 10 o'clock for what, the last month? And now all of a sudden you're just going to shift it up? And now it's 9 o'clock all of a sudden? What's the deal with that? I got things to do, man. I got some social stuff. I've got a, like I'm running an eBay business. I got things to do till 10, right? You got me to go to bed? I, I don't get time for this. Well, who, why do you think you have the right to tell me to go to bed at 9 o'clock? When 10 o'clock was fine. I was good with 10. Then all of a sudden something happens. They begin to grumble. And not only do they begin to grumble, they begin to leave. You ever had this experience when the kid, and maybe this was you, Maybe you were the kid that was invited over to spend the night at the house. And then all of a sudden, the rules changed in the house. And you went and you thought, wait a second, that's not the rules of my house. That's not how we do it. I can stay up till 4 in the morning. Who does this guy think he is? I don't want to be in this house any longer. I'll just call mom and she'll come and get me. She'll take me home. How many of you ever called your parents to take you home from a house that you were spending the night in? Because just things just, it just didn't feel like home to you anymore. Anybody? Have you ever had a kid do that? Have you ever had a kid that you were like, no, you can spend the night, and then about one in the morning, they just go, you know what? I really don't want to stay here tonight. I'm going to call my mom. You ever have that kid, right? You know what happens with that kid? He never gets invited back. You know what I mean? He's the kid at one in the morning that just shows up at your bed and you're dead asleep and they're just standing at you breathing heavy. Hey, can you call my mom? I don't want to be here anymore. Yep, I can and you ain't ever coming back. Crazy kid, right? Am I the only one that's ever had that experience? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. But what happened is, and I'm beating this analogy to death because this is the example of the child that I'm most terrified in the house. I'm terrified of the child that's in the house that got invited in, conformed to the pattern of the house, until the rules of the house changed or went against the rules of the house they still claim. And so the second the rules changed, instead of conforming to them, instead of obeying them, they just said, get me out of here. Call mom and get me out. There are so many times and there are so many believers or see, there are so many children. I'm going to be careful using that word believers. There are so many people that come into the house of God. They were invited in. You might have invited somebody in or you might have been invited in. And you came in and you conformed to the pattern of the house. 
You conform to what we do. You conform to the, to the rules we do. We meet at 10 o'clock. We do this. We sing a couple songs. We do, okay, I'm good with that. We meet some men's ministries. We do some women's. Okay, I'm good with that. Like you, you do all those things until, until a rule changes that you don't like. Until something God speaks to you and goes, but this is the rule. I know you had it this way, but I'm changing that and I want to deal with you about that. If you're in my house, this is how this works. I have the right to deal with you about this. Not me, God. I have the right to deal with you about this. And what happens is, is we go, wait a second, I'm not an adopted child. This isn't my home. I'll just call my family and get me to bring, bring me back there. I see more people come into church, conform to the pattern of the church, conform to the ways of the church until something God begins to deal with them. And because they are not an adopted child, because they are not a child led by the Spirit, they still resonate with their old family. Even though they have been in this house for like a year, two years, five years, they go, you know what? I don't like these rules. Mom, come pick me up. Bring me home. I want to go back to the rules that I like. And then maybe I'll swing back around. Maybe I'll get invited back over a month from now. Maybe that rule has changed. Or maybe they're no longer talking about that rule. Maybe they're no, maybe they've stopped talking about that series that, that messed with me, that, that dealt with a place in my heart that I did. We've moved on. I'll come back when you're done talking about this, and then I'll spend the night again. Those are the people that terrify me the most. Because we can sit in here and conform and look like children of the house. When all reality is we're a phone call away from calling mom and saying, come pick me up. Do you understand what I'm saying today? My, my, my request is simply this. My request is simply that we examine ourselves today. Guys, I've already offered you life and death. I've already presented the opportunity for you to come to Christ and say, listen, I, I, I want to give my life to God, I, and I'm hoping you're taking advantage of this, but you as a child, I also want this to rest on us like a wet blanket that we continue the theme and what the Holy Spirit is doing today, whether you're watching down that lens or whether you're in this building, that, he, that there is something that we need to look at ourselves and be honest with where we're at. Am I really a child of God, adopted and heir? Am my life showing me things of the Spirit? Or am I just a child of the flesh? And it's obvious. I look around me and there is death all around me. And maybe the problem is, is not everything else. Maybe I just need to get saved. Or maybe you examine yourself and you're finally transparent and you realize, you look down and you go, man, I've got mom's cell phone number on speed dial. And at any moment I can hit that and get out of here and I'll come back later. And I want us to examine ourselves. Why? So that the good news can take place because I can either be happy I'm an heir, I can either repent of either of those two things and walk in life. Life has been offered to you today. I hope you take it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for making us heirs and for adopting us out of families and out of patterns and out of ways that led to death. Father, we were all Jeremy, all of us. We were all evil and terrible. We were, and yet you adopted us out, not because we deserved it, because you are good. 
Father, I thank you that that will rest on us, those that find themselves and see themselves and know I am his child, I am his heir. Father, let that be something that just encourages them, stokes back up the flame of the good news of their salvation. But for those that examine themselves and find themselves as, as being that, that one that's all far off or being the one that's a phone call away from getting out of here, Father, let repentance come and adoption take place. And the good news of the gospel be exploded on in our lives. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.